Hi, my name's Matt, and this is a podcast about life after the coronavirus vaccine. Welcome to episode eight. It wasn't until I posted last week's episode that I realised that I had barely even mentioned vaccinations at all. In the week where American regulators found the Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine to be 100% effective in protecting against severe disease, it really struck me how one of the greatest gifts vaccines will bring us is to not have to think about them. Even after a first dose and whilst waiting for my second, I have found myself thinking about vaccination less and the world enabled by its protection more. For those still waiting for theirs, I can imagine that the wait is frustrating and thoughts of potential delays and supply constraints can easily occupy the mind with worry. But the day we all no longer think or worry about vaccinations is coming. But it will not arrive with great fanfare or ceremony. It will arrive slowly, in the slow easing of worry. And much like the game, we will only know we're winning in the rare moments we are jolted back to remembering. And yes, you just lost the game. I'm sorry. Before we can stop thinking about vaccines, one thing I have noticed in the past few weeks is how much more I'm hearing about them as more and more of the people I know and care about get theirs. Perhaps it's a function of having a podcast about vaccination that helps people share their jab stories with me. Perhaps it's that I'm just keeping my eyes open for them more than others. But the list of people just keeps growing longer and longer. The circle of people protected with the first dose getting wider and wider. And for each of them, the possibility of protection by vaccination is helping them to see a future that looks a little brighter. The potential of seeing family and friends again the possibility of travelling again, the opportunity to see the aspects of life closed down and put on a hold, reopened and rolling again. I'm also aware that there are others among my friends and people we know for who the protection of vaccination feels rather unnecessary, at least for themselves. And when the news over the past week has cast shadows of doubt over the vaccination programme, which are quite frankly not a fair reflection of the scientific reality, it has me reflecting on what it means to me that others will be coming forward for vaccination, even if it makes very little difference to them. And honestly, it's quite hard to put into words, but let me try. I've always known that for me, the protection of vaccination is uncertain, thanks to my suppressed immune system. But for all of us, there is no perfect protection. And so we rely on each other. My protection, however imperfect, is such a deeply personal comfort, 
one that is made all the stronger the more people around me have their vaccinations too. I know my friends and family feel the need to get vaccinated to help keep me safe. And I know others who feel the need to get their vaccine to help keep others they know and love safe too. Their parents, their grandparents, their friend with an underlying health condition. It's hard to express how deep my gratitude is to anyone who comes forward for vaccination for themselves, but also for those they know and love, but also for the stranger they may never meet. It is easy to do things for ourselves and for those we love, but to do something for a stranger is a truly beautiful virtue and something we can each take part in and celebrate with the simple act of vaccination. One of the conversations I've had many times this week with many people is how the unlocking of restrictions that are coming in the weeks ahead feel both impatiently welcome yet unimaginably possible. When the roadmap was set, the end of March and the start of April felt so far away. Even the most limited relaxation of the restrictions on our lives felt like they might never come, let alone the more dramatic changes scheduled to follow in May and June. But the end of March is here. April is just about to arrive and May and June are just around the corner. And where, as before, the end felt like it might never come, now it is here, it feels impossible to imagine how it might actually work. My anxiety levels have been so high this week. It's been hard to deal with at times, and I think it has been fueled at least in part by the fact that I have been having to face up to planning for the weeks and months ahead, particularly at work, whilst still feeling so hesitant and uncertain about what that even looks like and how impossible it all still seems. There's this huge disconnect between what things look like and what they feel like. I was talking to my friend Luke about this exact thing over WhatsApp this week and honestly just to type to someone, to say out loud even in a voice note to a friend that my anxiety is wild right now, it really, really helps. And when you realise you share similar feelings and experiences, it makes you feel less crazy, less alone. A little detour here perhaps, but I have to say... I know people who post these social media posts like I'm here if you need to talk are well-intentioned, but I've never found them all that comforting. I much prefer when a friend reaches out to me to tell me they feel anxious this week or that they're struggling with things, not because I want them to suffer, of course, but because that honesty lets you know that they are really someone you could talk to when times are tough. One of the things I see myself doing when I have periods of anxiety is is overstretching myself to overcompensate for the worries that are happening inside. 
I can become too careless with other people's feelings, getting sassy with friends and too brash with people at work. And all whilst inside, I'm feeling panicked and embarrassed and worried. There's a disconnect. A disconnect between how things look and how things feel. And it makes me more, not less, anxious. So I've been trying this week, when I catch myself being disconnected, to bring a moment of the real back into the conversation. To admit I'm feeling anxious. Because it helps to calm my nerves. But also because I hope it makes me someone that other people will feel more comfortable opening up to. I'm not sure I've been very articulate this week. In past episodes, I've had a much clearer idea of what it is I wanted to capture or wanted to say, but this week feels much more like I'm still mid-discovery. I suppose there is something slightly poetic about that because I feel very much like we're all mid-discovery of what this new post-lockdown future looks like. This week, we will start the journey from it being a post-lockdown future to a post-lockdown present. Just saying that out loud makes my mind race and my heart beat a little faster. Maybe you notice the same reaction in yourself. Maybe we need to say that out loud to others. If not for ourselves, then for them. Because when you need to say it out loud the most, it is the hardest time to do so. But when someone else says it first, it gives us permission to do the same. And that, in a post-lockdown, present and future, is the kind of friend I want to be. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you've enjoyed it, you can follow the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or your podcast player of choice. You can find the podcast on social media at Life After Vax, V-A-X on Twitter and Instagram. And if you'd like to reach out for a more meaningful connection, you can drop me an email. Hi at lifeaftervax.com. Until next time.